What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Blank Canvas. I'm your host, Minky, and let's jump right into it. So for our intro today, well, for the first part of the episode, I should say, I want to give a student loan update. So we know that they were suing, some Republicans were suing to try to stop the process in general. We know that some of the lawsuits went through, so student loan as a whole is on pause. Also, I would advise you to go back and check to see exactly specifically where you fall in the student loan forgiveness since before it was paused 100%. There were other lawsuits that were trying to block certain things and certain people. So there, there's a large group of people that were included in the beginning number that will no longer be included in the student loan forgiveness because they are trying to say that it is too much, it is too broad, it is, um, you know, it's an overreach of power, blah, 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 whatever helps Americans in this country. There are going to be some people, I don't care which side of the aisle, which race you are, male or female, that just don't want human beings to be able to thrive and survive. You know, I read something the other day where they said six figures. You know, when you used to hear six figures back in the day, the goal used to at least be that, to not be in poverty. And people who are making six figures these days are struggling because, again, pay wages are not matching inflation. They're not going up with just the times and the cost of everything. So it's a sad place when six figures, you can't live off of that. What do you need to live off of in order to be able to survive in this country? One of the greatest countries, my ass, I say, because for it to be so great, we're failing our people in this country in so, so many ways. So um, back to student loans, they're they are sending out uh, email updates to basically be like, hey, you're approved for forgiveness or you're not. If they need any further documentation from you, they're letting you know. And they're letting you know that the lawsuits are happening. It's on pause. They're going to try to fight it. My thing is, here's my thing. If this takes a court battle, this ends up in front of the Supreme Court because I have seen people say that there is a possibility with this forgiveness. It could end up in front of the Supreme Court. Um what are we doing in the meantime? Are we still going to force people to pay and then there's a possibility they lose and then still be like, oh, we can't forgive or what? And I mean, they had already paused accepting applications. The only reason I'm even getting an email update is because I was within the first batch. And you remember they were saying the first batch in the beginning was like a beta testing anyway. So apply and test it out, but you still have time, blah, blah, blah. Little did they know or maybe they did, who really knows these days, that they didn't have that much time because people were coming after them and people were going to try to block as many people from getting relief as they possibly can. Again, haters, 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 stop trying to block the student loan forgiveness. If you paid off your student loans, good for you. Congratulations. Um, You shouldn't want somebody else to suffer because you had to. You shouldn't have had to take that loan to pay off your student loans. You shouldn't have had to have student loans. Like they're charging you astronomical prices to, you know, be educated, but they're doing that because they really don't want all of us educated. If you really wanted a well-to-do society, you provide free housing, free healthcare, free education, right? If you wanted us to be better human beings, and that's not just, and when I say healthcare, I mean well-rounded, including mental health therapy should be free. Therapy should be free or dirt cheap or the same way we have to do yearly doctor visits. We need monthly, biweekly, hell, some of us probably weekly, a couple of times a week, therapy visits. 
and they should be affordable. It shouldn't be, I can't take care of my mental health because I have to pay this $300 light bill. But unfortunately for a lot of people, that's what it is. I, you think I have time to take care of my emotions and my brain and be a better functioning human when I have to figure out how I'm going to pay car insurance, health insurance, this rent. Like it shouldn't be one or the other. It should be, I should be able to meet my basic needs and take care of my health, including my mental. All right. It shouldn't be, oh my God, I really want to go to the doctor and get this lump checked out. But you know what? It's probably going to cost me the same amount that it's going to cost for me to pay for my rent. So I'll have a roof, but I'll die under it because I can't go get the lump checked out to see if it's cancerous or not. Like those are the options that the average day American has. And that's a problem and that's an issue. And don't get me started on the rent. We all know BK how I feel about that. But I do think basic needs should be given to Americans. And if you have a problem with that, I just don't understand. And then if you have a problem with that, but then you want to claim you love God at the same time, I mean, you can claim it, but I just don't understand why you'd have a problem with his people being helped out or anybody, whether they believe in him or not, because God wouldn't care whether they believe in him or not. He wants all, he wants good for all of us. And you'd really be mad at somebody like, oh my God, you're not homeless. That bothers me. Oh my God, you can afford to feed yourself and your family. That bothers me. Oh my God, you can get this education for free while I had to pay for it. Well, I'm sorry that you had to. There's a lot of stuff that happened before my time that I'm so grateful that I don't have to experience. I'm so grateful that the generation before me fought those battles so I can enjoy it as maybe a luxury or a perk and, you know, continue to fight the battles that we need to fight for the next generation. Come on, we have to do better, have to do better. But that's a student loan update. Let's get into this college football update. Remember, if you don't like the college football news, skip mm, between five, ten minutes. It just depends on the day. But this will probably be for five minutes. You can skip through and then you can jump right into the nitty gritty of the episode. All right. But stay with me because they're good. The college updates are good. So. It is rival week. At the time I'm recording this is rival week. By the time this airs, rival week will be over. So all I have to say is war eagle, war eagle, war eagle, war eagle, war eagle. And I hope we can pull off this miraculous, beautiful upset and stun the college world and Bama fans. Although people who have been keeping up with the Auburn Tigers, you know that this magic that Caddy has on us right now is pure Auburn magic. Okay? It's pure faith it is faith that man no matter what his position is whether he's a head coach whether he's our running backs coach whether he's a player himself or even if he's just speaking from the stance of being a man in this world and being a good husband and father he loves God out loud and he always speaks of loving him his faith and serving other people and Like I said on previous episodes, I think that will affect not only my team, but just the Auburn family in general, just to have a man like that leading our team, talking into those boys, pouring into those people, because his big thing is about serving. And you already know, I believe that's one of the reasons that we were put here to serve each other and to, you know, show God's light and glory through us and through other things and um, ideas and desires that he puts in our hearts and that we manifest and bring to life with his help. 
So I love Caddy. I'm very happy for my team. It's so crazy how in love Auburn fans are back with football with just the last three weeks alone after being miserable for like two freaking years. So Christmas came early. Glad my coach got fired and so grateful that Caddy will get to, you know, lead us and finish out the season. I hope that he can have his first dub as the interim head coach in um, the Iron Bowl. And of course, because he's Auburn's first black head coach, he will be the first black or African-American, whichever way you want to say it, um, coach, head coach to coach the Iron Bowls. So this is really, really huge. And this is really big for the boys that look like him. You know, even if it's not 100% the same features, obviously, you know that I mean a black coach leading these black boys. Is Auburn full of the whole team full of black players? Absolutely not. But think about how it's been to win with somebody who doesn't necessarily look like them or be in the position because we've had other black coaches as assistants and other things. But leading the charge from the head position, absolutely not. This would be the first time. And whether I don't care what his race was, if Caddy had the personality that he does, no matter he's white, Asian, blue, green, orange, I think his energy, I think his faith would just rub off on people and rub off on my team. So I'm very, very happy for that. So I hope, I hope we pull off an upset. And if we don't remember, it's still fuck Bama, okay? Fuck Bama. We hate Bama. Oh my God. Do you know how happy I am? The elephants are sitting on the sidelines. I hope LSU can keep winning and pulling it off. And if they win during this rival week and then they go to the SEC championship and they pull off the ultimate upset against Georgia, that'd be good. And I don't see how you leave them out, especially with the college football madness that happened this past weekend. So I thought this past week was going to be boring and there was going to be, you know, who cares? We were waiting on rival week to get here and then we're waiting on, you know, conference and then playoffs. But wow 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 um the games were so close ohio state close game number two in the country (laughs) could have lost number three michigan could have lost um number four tcu i wanted to lose really really bad they should have lost and they did it and then the one who came that I was totally not expecting was Tennessee. Tennessee was routed, blasted, demolished, stumped on, and steamrolled by South Carolina. And where the hell that's been this whole season, I have no idea. But what a hell of a time to show up and what a hell of a upset to pull off now you know we thought Georgia was bad just because you know well Georgia is Georgia all right they're the reigning national champions they're Georgia blah 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 they had a point to prove yada 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 but whoa if this isn't an upset this is probably one of the biggest upsets that will happen all season but I mean it is college football they love to bless me with more surprises and it is rival week this week so hopefully I am able to pull off an upset too but Wow. And then the ACL injury that went out to Tennessee quarterback. I am so, so sorry. And that sucks. That sucks. What a hell of a ride, Tennessee. You guys did the best you could with this season. Um, I felt like Tennessee needed to win out in order to make it into the playoffs when all the chaos started happening with the one losses and two losses and the strength of schedules and everything that will apply. But 
wow you guys tried you guys tried and you guys were fun to watch for as long as you possibly were Tennessee so I hate that it ended like this for you but that's sports and that is definitely college football for you so I can't wait to come back next week and give an update on the rivalry games and how they went hopefully I'm a really 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 happy girl after the Iron Bowl even if I'm in sad girl city after the Iron Bowl just remember it's fuck Bama okay and war eagle guys all right so one of the first things that i want to talk about um in this episode besides after our intro and stuff of course is my stance on nannies so i don't know if i've ever talked about it on here but just in case i haven't let's give a quick little viewpoint of mine all right so i wasn't a big nanny girl we all know my idea and children or whatever so of course i'm going to be really protective over i couldn't really get with um to me, when I was younger, it felt like a stranger, even though obviously I'm a young adult now. So I would know that they wouldn't be 100% a stranger, depending on how long you've known them, the background track, and how long they've been around your kids, so forth and so on. So many factors apply. But I, I long story short, I used to be against nannies. And I was like, if anybody's going to give them, it's going to be me. It's going to be family. Like, And then you read the horror stories of daycares. You read the horror stories in different schools. Um, sometimes you read the horror stories of families, you know? And you're just like, nowhere is safe for your kid but really with you and then sometimes depending on the parent they're not even really safe with you it's just it's a wild wild world we live in and if they're really susceptible to danger with anyone and anybody in any place yeah it made me think about that and then it also made me just think about you know seeing what it takes it takes a village I've talked about before that whether you have two parents in the home or not, there's still a village plus the two-parent home that needs to be done. Breaks are a necessity for the parents so they don't burn out, so they still have some motivation. I mean, it's not to say that they don't love their kid if they take a break, but everybody needs a break, even if it's from raising kids. Kids are annoying, all right? Like, kids are annoying. People are annoying. Adults are annoying. So definitely kids are annoying too. I'm just saying the thoughts that a lot of people say, you know, in their head and it's hard. It is hard to be responsible for another human being and trying to make them a good person in this world and then still trying to figure out yourself. It doesn't matter whether you have them really young or in your older age and then throw trauma and shit on top of that. Like raising kids is hard and it takes a village so where I used to be like hell no to a nanny the more and more I think about it I'm not really mad at a nanny (laughs) I'm not mad at a nanny is it still my first preference no I think for me the thing with the nanny is it's not the fact that I would have help I would be so grateful for the help I feel like I don't understand how people don't do it without nannies and I know the average woman is listening like Oh my God. And trust, I would fall in the average woman category because there's no way in hell I can even afford it any if I had a kid right now. But, you know, there. I think it's a little bit of jealousy sometimes when moms are like, I do it without one. And I just don't want to be that mom that's like, I do it without one per se, or I'm shouting out here struggling. I'm doing it all by myself. I don't want to brag about that. <laughs> I want to brag about my village. I want to brag about my help. I want to brag about 
my child or children having more than just me and their father to run to to meet their basic needs and to shape their world and their perception and hopefully it's in a healthy light you know and for the areas I may get it wrong hopefully there's other people in the village that's like hey your mama ain't looking at this 100% right let me show you a healthier way or a better way to look at it you know like it it takes help it takes help. Even if it's just one, it takes help. So I can imagine the families that have multiple, I don't understand how it's done without help. It falls on somebody. If it's not the other parent, it falls on a sibling, it falls on a daycare, it falls on paying somebody just to even be able to have date nights or to get work done. We talked about one time on an episode, can't remember the name, but how... There is this one mom, she was getting shamed because she was a stay-at-home mom, but she got a nanny as well because she needed to be able to get things done while she was at home. And that's not the first time that I've heard of that. Now, talk to me when I was younger and I'd be thinking like, you're at home. What in the hell would you need help with? with like why can you get things done and have the kids let me tell you something being older now having a little experience myself even without being an official mother yeah no I fully get why the nanny is there at home because maybe there's still work that you need to get done but there's some needs of the child that still needs to be met and you guys are teamwork that's pretty much what your nanny is she's part of the team now I will say another thing that turns me off from nannies is not only kind of like the quote-unquote stranger aspect of it, but I watch a lot of Lifetime movies. Pause. Uh, we So we kind of know where I'm going with that. I watch a lot of Lifetime movies. They be kidnapping the kids. They be doing some crazy stuff. The nanny turns out to be a long-lost cousin or sister, an ex-girlfriend of the husband who's coming back to murder you and steal the child and take your husband and build a family of her own. Like some crazy stuff that's very possible. Very possible. Y'all better stop sleeping on these Lifetime movies, like over half of them not based on a true story. And even if they're not based on a true story, um, these thoughts were in somebody's head, which means a human being can bring them to life. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But I love my Lifetime movies. And yeah, I just want to say, I think my stance on Annie's has changed. And I wouldn't mind a nanny, but it would have to be a really good nanny. And I don't know if I'll... I mean, I guess nanny isn't offensive. Like, I wouldn't want them to feel like help. I would want them to feel like part of the village, part of the family. So we celebrate their birthdays and stuff. And if they have families, how does that work? Oh, I haven't changed my stance on a living nanny, though. You're not living with me and my family. No. But you're more than welcome to eat dinner, breakfast, whatever. <laughs> we can celebrate your birthday and stuff. Like, you are a part of the family. But I think living nannies, that's a no for me. And it has no, I don't think like my husband is going to go out and, and cheat with the nanny or whatever. Cause I mean, if he'll cheat with the nanny, he could have just cheated with a stranger. It, it's not necessarily that she's the quote unquote nanny. It's not that he just wanted to cheat, you know, um, or vice versa. Not saying that it's the man, if it's a woman or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, no living nannies, but I do think my stance on nannies has changed. Now, again, we'll see how I feel when I actually have my own flesh and blood child but for right now all I gotta say is I ain't mad at the nannies y'all I am not mad at the nannies I'm not mad at the help get your village in whichever way you can just let it be beneficial to the child because that's the point it needs to be healthy to the child I don't really think it needs to be unhealthy to you either because anything unhealthy to you uh takes away from your healthiness and your happiness and that will affect the kid in some way so I think 
it should be a the village should be good to everybody the village should be good to each other that's my stance on the village yes we're here to make sure the the child and the children get raised properly and well but we should also just be good to each other leaving each other with positive experiences and things so we can all just feel good right like let's help each other through this thing we call life all right so i am <laughs> in my 20s as we know and at this stage and I'm pretty sure as I continue go to grow and go out through life that I will continue seeing milestones and stuff of previous classmates and friends and things of that nature but yeah so we know that in your 20s there are some people who we don't understand how we're functioning what's next in our life me don't feel alone me and then there are other people who seem like they have their life together they are married buying houses engaged have children have businesses i thought i would be on the other end in my 20s but oh did god have drastically different plans for me but that's okay that's okay because as i learned in well as I always have to relearn and relearn. But as was discussed in one of the sermons that I listened to this past Sunday is nothing is wasted, which we talked about that. And the episode title, nothing is wasted. So whatever, um, whatever God has me doing in this season, even if it seems insignificant to me, well, it'll make sense down the line and it'll make sense in my next season. And maybe currently in this season that I just haven't seen in certain ways, but even if it doesn't make sense now, it'll make sense in the end. But I was on Facebook and I saw this girl that I went to, um, school with middle school and she was a really really sweet girl and she was always really nice to me she shared her journey she's graduating college and without going into her personal details too much although she did put it on her platform so um it's out there for people to see i don't think she has a problem with it being out there but i never knew she went through all the things that she went through she was homeless i think at the time that i knew her um she was, she experienced, she just experienced a lot of trauma and a lot of things. And what stuck out to me was, of course, congratulations to her on grad, uh, graduating. Congratulations, congratulations. But it just made me think and remember that you never really know what someone is going through. She was going through some really traumatic things at the time that I knew her. And even after after when we changed schools and stuff, she was still going through very traumatic and just different life things. And wow, you just never, you never know what a person is going through. But what stuck out to me was is how kind she was to me in spite of everything that was, you know, happening in her personal life. She was able to extend kindness to me at a time where, you know, I was in middle school. So of course it doesn't seem that big of a deal to the other scale of things that I've dealt with in my life. But, you know, in that moment in time, it was important and, and a big deal to me. And she, she was always kind and she was, you know, saying kind words to other people. And she was laughing. I remember she loved to laugh and just kind of enjoy life. And so, you know, how you see people that you went to school with or whatever in the past and you see them, you know, have happy moments, whether big or little, just happy moments and different life milestones. And you're like happy for them. Well, I should say I'm happy for them. We all know that there are some people in this life who love misery, no matter the age, race, gender, whatever. So 
I am usually happy whether I rock with them or not. Like, even if I don't rock with them, I'm not jumping up and down for joy, but I'm also not being a hater. Like, oh, you graduated? Congratulations. You're happy and in love? Congratulations. Like, you know, be happy. Do you? But it just made me think of her kindness. It made me think of her smile and just her joy that she she radiated in other people's lives and the hell that she was facing and the uphill battles that she was facing. And... um even with everything she went through, she still graduated college in like five years. And a reminder to the people who are in college, you know, it may, the minimum, the minimum of a bachelor's is four, the minimum of an associate's is two. Well, you know, I, you can always, even that's not the minimum, because you can still go faster than that, depending on the courses and stuff that you take. But um, I think sometimes people like to judge people. You didn't get it done in four. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Somebody could have got it done before four. Somebody could have got it done 10 years um, after four years. Whenever it's meant for them to get done and go through their journey, let them go through it. Because again, you never know what somebody's going through. We all don't have the same starting points or whatever. And I just, I'm very proud of her. And I am so glad that God was with her throughout it all. She's a faith believer and he has her still here for a reason. He has her still doing these things and accomplishing these goals for a reason because she has a purpose in this life that she is going to continue to bless people. And she is so smart. She is so, so smart. And listen, y'all, she can do, um, oh my God, it's not artificial intelligence. I can't even think. I can't even think about what the the name is right now, but she can trust. She is black girl magic in the STEM field and she can do so many different things. And I didn't even know that she was going after all these things, but I'm very, very happy that she's accomplishing these things. And it just feels good to see God bring people through and make their journeys worth it and not in vain. And so that brings me to my next point. You know, the first one was, you know, you never really know what someone is going through. So we have to be cautious. We have to be mindful and at least try to, right? And then my next point is, do you guys reach out to people and tell them thank you or congratulations, even if it's been a long time since you've talked to them? I've had people within this past year have reached out to me and be like, I know we hadn't talked in years. You were a great friend to me and I just want to say thank you. And, you know, it meant, it honestly meant the world to me because thank you for letting me know that I was a great friend. I really kind of take pride in my friendships. Uh, I kind of have some people take pride in like their romantic relationships and stuff. I kind of take pride in my relationships, not to be prideful or possessive or anything, but just like, just like I want my kids to be like a good human being in the world. And of course myself as well, but I also, that's kind of how I want to be. Like, if you're really my friend, like you're one of my people and I love you and I try my best to support you in the way that you need to be supported. And all my friendships are so different. They, they give different things to me, but, um, they're appreciated. And I just pray that I'm pouring back into my people in the way that they need to be poured back into in a way that can be remembered as 
you impacted my life for the better. You know that? Like you made me a better person or you helped me achieve God's purpose for my life. Or when I think of you or when I'm in your presence, I feel good. I feel happy. I feel peace. I feel like you are a good listening ear. I feel like you give great advice. Things of that nature. Like I want to be an asset to my friends' lives. And of course, eventually when I do start dating and all that kind of stuff blah 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 all the romance stuff will come later down the line but currently you know friendships are kind of my thing so I want to be a good friend to my friends and I want to make sure that I'm reciprocating the energy that they pour back into my life because they're good to me and I thank them because in the words of PD you know friends or what family are supposed to be without the titles, you know? And if everybody knows, or maybe you don't, when you have a good friend, they turn into family anyways. Some of my friends are more family to me than my own family. And that's kind of how it's supposed to be. I Like I explained in past episodes, I get that scripture. I get that scripture about a friend sticks closer to you than a brother. But we've discussed so many times that that's because they get to see the real authentic you, the unedited you. There's no over explaining, no under explaining. It's not going to turn into something bigger if you say the same thing to a friend that you would say to a parent. the Like your friend is just going to be them. Your parent depending on if they feel some type of way is gonna exert the parent power shift the dynamics and it's not the same kind of conversation that you could have with a friend so it's just different it's different it's not necessarily wrong it's different and then there's also the stance that your parent remembers I'm your parent first and it's like okay if I truly remember that you're my parent first there's certain limited access that you don't get like a friend gets because again you're going to use that authority you're going to use that but I'm a parent I'm going to flex this muscle when it's beneficial or when it's needed sometimes it's needed but sometimes it may not necessarily be needed to flex it in that moment feelings could be hurt and can have disagreements and with you flexing that power it does limit you on compared to what a friend will get like your friend isn't going to say I'm your friend kind of thing it's like it's a given it's a duh and you can just go to them and be your real self your true self um and shout out to the parents that do the best to their ability to let their kids be themselves but they're listen it god knew a friend sits closer to you than the brother trust god knew that and i i definitely i definitely get that but yeah that's my question to you guys do you guys reach out or is it like weird is it weird for you guys to reach out and be like, hey, it's been so long? I mean, what is it to say congratulations or to say good job or I'm happy for you? You don't have to, please. Oh, my God. Never feel obligated to because a, a scroll and a smile is just, just fine. You know, it's not going to make or break their lives. But sometimes, like we've talked about, you never really know where sharing kind words, how encouraging it can be or when God puts somebody on your heart pray for them or reach out to them because they it happens for a reason and uh god is very intentional and if you drop somebody on your heart and on your mind he wants you to think about them pray about them or reach out to them and they need it in that moment so trust your gut and just when you do feel or think about a person like that especially if it keeps happening repeatedly even if it feels weird because I've had situations where it felt weird and I'm like god why did you have me reach out to them I hadn't talked to them in years and he'll sometimes give me very specific things to say thank you or speak life into them in this area and it's kind of weird sometimes especially if you haven't talked to them in forever but obedience is key 
and whatever they needed in that moment, hopefully I was able to give it to them and just make God proud. But yeah, I don't think it's wrong with reaching out, giving congratulations or anything. People do that. I know a lot of people in my life that do that. Um, and I do that as well, I guess. I don't think I do it to the volume that other people in my life do it. Like there are some people that from a distance, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. But you know, sometimes every once in a while, I'll let it be known because why not give people their flowers while they're alive and ready, right? <laughs> give them their flowers now. Don't wait. So the final thing that I want to talk about in this week's episode is the healing power of God. So over this past week, we had Travis Green stop by Transformation Church. Shout out to TC. And it was really good and a really powerful sermon. He has so many gems that he dropped from beginning to end. But one of the things that I want to discuss is his story that he shared about um, his mom praying for him to literally come back to life. So... If you shared this story before, because I have heard of Travis Green and seen his videos, but I had never just fully listened to a full sermon or anything of that nature. So if you shared the story before, this is my first time hearing it. I think he said he fell like four stories. They had pronounced him dead or whatever. His mom came over. They had put like the white sheet and everything. His mom came over and prayed and she did like that real old school prayer. And let me tell you, Ergo, it must have worked because we have Travis Green to this day. Fast forward to, I think he said their first child. And um, he said that the doctor was basically like, he's not going to make it. Their son wasn't going to make it or whatever. Ergo, Travis did the same thing that his mom did for him. Isn't that kind of funny how, thank God, his mom was leading by example in that moment to teach him how to have it for this upcoming moment? And he prayed for his son. His eight-year-old son is still alive and well today. And not only is that a powerful connection for seeing how mom led first and then he was able to do it. And his mom's faith was also so strong. She passed that down to him. And it's kind of crazy how both of them in very different instances, but also so similar. And again, probably so unexpected for the both of them save the next generation each of them save the next generation isn't that so cool and so powerful and i think just a beautiful way to look at it each of them save the next generation and they also got to experience the power the healing power of god like the what they lived out is what we read about in the bible it's what we can only picture with our minds it's what we see in movies and you know i've shared on um more recent past episodes that specifically on last week's episode i think that um i can die knowing that i've seen god heal and do a full-blown uh miracle of healing somebody 360 or 180 i mean 360 is a full turn 180 is like what half ew i'm not good at math i didn't like geometry i don't like math i like counting money that's about it i count money not calories i eat whatever i want (laughs) but um back to the healing power of god i you know what they lived we dream about we picture we see in movies we read about in the bible and it's like if only we can be in the presence of a miracle like that but i think it's a great reminder that 
the power of God is real. And sometimes we say it so much that I don't even think we can really wrap our human brains around his magnificent power. Like this is the God who put the stars in the sky and they don't fall out and hit us. This is the guy that has the solar system running around and rotating. You know, we live on this planet with earth and different things and different animals and these bodies of water. He is the one that tells the ocean to come but you can, he sees that's a boundary line for the ocean, but you can come no more. Like the waves come to a certain point and they stop. Who has the power to make waves come up to a certain point and they stop? Because clearly what we see when storms are raging, if they could go past those boundary lines every day, they, they definitely would. If they could cause some water havoc trouble and flooding in different areas and different cities, they definitely would. This is the same God that paints the sky with sunsets and sunrises. This is the God that draws us pictures with stars and makes constellations. This is the God who literally will bring people back from the dead and or give you enough faith and authority through him, through his will and his power to do some of the things that we read about him being able to do. I just think we, you know, we say God's powerful, but sometimes it's just good to sit down and and really like say out loud and sit with his power and sit with the authority he gives back to us and to not get it confused for control because we are creations and we should never think that we have the ultimate control because we know that it's God. And again, control is an illusion. I know, I know, I know you're hearing this from one of the biggest control freaks herself. And like I said, I'm probably going to have to work on that to the end of time, but I never want to make sure, sh- I always want to make sure that I never confuse my place, confuse my role and my position. I'm a creation, not the creator, although the creator gives me authority to do certain things through his will and power. So I'm very, very grateful to God for that. And I just thought, wow, what a powerful testimony of regular, regular human beings and not regular, regular in the worst way, but regular, regular, like if he can do it, I don't know, you're probably thinking, he's a pastor. No, 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 baby. It's 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 not the fact that he's a pastor. It's his faith that gave him that power. It's the authority that God gave him. And was like, here, this is one of the things that you have to do. Do it. Cool. Save the next generation. Oh, and then to share this story and remind people that I let you do it. And if I let you do it, the rest of them can do it too. Like God is so intentional and God is so great. And I love it. And besides the healing power, it made me think about just being obedient, being obedient to what God says and his will and his plan and being obedient even when it doesn't match the season. So I saw this lady break it down on IG and excuse me, she used the story of Noah and just talking about how Noah built the ark before it rained. And there were people looking at Noah like, what the hell are you doing? It hasn't rained in who knows how long. And you think not only that it's going to rain, but that so much rain is going to come that it's going to cause a flood. You're tripping. And all I have to say is the people who believed in Noah, glad y'all picked the winning team. (laughs) Glad y'all picked the winning team and the animals that he allowed on the boat. Glad y'all picked the winning team. And I'm pretty sure Noah has so many doubters in his head, like, you're crazy. How are you even doing this? And the fact that God gave him the blueprint to build an ark, and we probably hadn't even seen an ark 
especially of that magnitude at that time. Um, power of God right then and there, right? And just about the kind of visions and stuff that he'll give us. And that's why it's so important. Whatever God told you, be obedient to what God told you because he didn't tell the rest of us. And even if he told other people in your life, whether loved ones, strangers or what, gave them bits and pieces to share, that's part of your vision and your dream, that's still bits and pieces. It's not the full picture. Even we ourselves don't have the full picture because God is continuously painting our canvases. God is continuously adding little details here and saying, let me add this here and this goes with this. And when, you know, we get to the end of our life, we'll see this big, beautiful picture um, and we'll see our journeys and seeing with hopefully our obedience and allowing him to be the artist and paint our canvases what it'll look like how would it create this one big beautiful picture hopefully if we be obedient so the goal is to be obedient even if it doesn't match the season because again look at noah and there are so many other examples that i'm sure that we can think of in our personal lives where god told us to do this or god told us to talk to so-and-so or speak life into so-and-so we're like why am i doing this and then it comes back in different forms or different areas. And it may not come back from the person that you spoke life into or that you helped. But in the words of PMJ from the Rock City Church down here, Pastor Mike Jr., um, God will give it back in interest. God will give it back in interest. So, yeah, all I want to say is I want to encourage my BK members, be obedient. Be obedient to what God told you to do. Um take steps in living out the vision God to deliver it, even if people around you, whether they are loved ones or not, don't believe in it and can't understand it 100%. And don't even get offended if they can't understand it 100%. They didn't hear the things that God told you. They didn't see the things that God told you. And again, even if God gave them a little piece to help to give back to you for it to make sense or for you to do it in the next step, it's still a piece. It's not the whole entire thing. And if you don't understand your vision 100%, there's no way, I mean, you can, but it wouldn't really make sense to be upset with other people when they're like, what? How does this come to life? Or what? God really told you this. And then remember that everybody's faith level is like at a different level. Everybody's faith is at a different level. All right. So some are stronger than others. Some are a little weary, you know, and it's not always their fault. Sometimes they've been believing for a while and things still haven't come to pass. But remember that God is never late. He's an on time God. He's never late. He's an on time God and his timing is the best timing and perfect timing. And when I, not only when I think about Noah, but when I just think about God telling me to do this podcast, I don't really know why. It's not like I had dreamed of having podcasts. And of course, in the time era that I was born in, podcasts weren't even a thing. It's like radio is coming. It's like the modernized radio. Radio on our own terms, on our own time. And the ability to be able to have a platform is a blessing and sometimes feels like a curse because the same way with social media, so many opinions are out there. Now we have podcasts and so many people are doing it and so many opinions are out there. <laughs> but if you are doing a podcast, remember to be authentic and be yourself and your true audience will find you. When God tells me to do specific episodes, you know, that I've had experience recently, which I go back and I listen to my old episodes sometimes anyways, just because you know, see if I enjoy them or if I need them, I go back. That's what they're there for. They're like timestamps. And 
I've also had to go back and use past episodes to help other people. So God had me do it in that specific time. And I may not know, like, I'm a really private person. So when y'all hear vulnerable stuff on this podcast, it's literally because God has told me to share and it's going to be helpful in some form or fashion. Because otherwise... I wouldn't be sharing some of the stuff that I have shared. Sometimes God would tell me to share certain things and I literally will pray like literally before I even press the save and the edit and put it all together. Like, are you sure you want me to share those? Like, are you sure? You like, you know how I am. Like, you really want people to see this side of me. You really want me to be this kind of vulnerable, but people need to feel seen and heard and understood, right? And so maybe there's something that I'm going through currently or that I've went through that could be of help to one of my BK members. And I hope that really is the truth. Like, I hope that it really helps or that it can help somebody. And maybe it may not help you then, but at least like for me and for others in my lives, it's a timestamp. So you can go back and you can listen to it when you do need it. Kind of like a good sermon. Not saying that I'm a preacher or anything at all. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying like these episodes are there to be helpful. They're there for now. They're there for later. And they're also a good reference guide. So my obedience to what God wants me to share and say comes in handy. And I just want to encourage my BK members to be obedient. Be obedient, be obedient, be obedient. Even if it doesn't match the season, be obedient and continue to pray for God's wisdom and guidance. All right, guys, that's all the time that we have on this week's episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Remember that it's okay to tell people congratulations or I love you. Give them their flowers while they are alive because life is short. and You never know the day or the hour when God will call you home. And if you don't believe in God, you never know the day or the hour when you're going to die. But we do know that it's all a given. No matter who you believe in or what you believe in, we all know a saying is true. We're going to die. We will not be here on this earth forever. So give people their flowers. Let them know how you feel about them while you have the chance to say it with your own mouth and words and actions and why you have the chance to show them and just um, while they're alive to hear it. So make sure you let them know. Also remember, it's so important to be obedient, obedient, obedient. God's will is always better and above ours. And obedience is a big part of our faith journey. And obedience will lead us to Romans 8 to 8. All things working together for our good, even if we don't have the full understanding in the meantime. And even if God calls us to be obedient in a season that does not match, do it anyways. Be obedient anyways. Um, start the vision, start the business, start the plan, um, reach out to that person anyways. And I just want to say that I hope that we enjoyed uh, Thanksgiving, whatever it looked like for you. I hope it was something positive, even if it wasn't surrounded by friends or family, even if you just spent it alone. I hope it was a good alone and just um, enjoyment time and a refreshing, refreshing time. It is still Bama hate week, even at the time that this will premiere. And like I said, I hope that we pulled off an upset. Love you guys. Can't wait to see what we talk about next time. All right. War Eagle.